Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today is a very special story. I actually heard it from my rabbi, and he tells the story like this. He said, this is the story of how my grandmother became a Chabadnik. She was not born a Chabadnik. Her family was not Chabad. In fact, her husband was barely from. He actually wasn't from. She was modern Orthodox, which means that she was, uh, in her case, uh, kept the basics, but not Chassidim by any means. How did all of that change? Of course, it was a process, but this story is about when it actually happened. You see, in those days, they had bungalow colonies. They still have bungalow colonies, but they're not as popular. A bungalow colony means a place that people go to spend the summer. A couple hours outside of the city, in this case, New York. I think that's where most bungalow colonies are. A couple hours outside of New York City. It's maybe a little bit in the mountains. It's beautiful. It's a natural area and... A colony would be a group of 20, 30 um, little uh, cabins. And um, typically, all the cabins would be rented by Jewish families and could be a lot of them knew each other, or maybe they were related to each other, some of them not. But it was a very, very friendly, Hamish we called it in Yiddish, very Hamish and friendly um, summer situation where the whole family would be there uh, and spend all summer and they would have you know, uh, lots of time. The kids would play together and there'd be some learning and so forth. Okay. In any case, typically, the husbands did not spend the summer in the bungalow colony during the week because typically the husbands had jobs. And their jobs were in the cities. And in those days, it was before internet. Nobody was able to work on internet. And if you had a job, you had to go to the office every day. There was no other way to do it. And so typically the husbands would stay in New York City from Monday till Friday. And then Friday, sometime in about the middle of the day, they would head up north, usually was, to New York State, and they would go to the bungalow, bungalow colony and they would join their families uh, for Shabbos and for Sunday. Then they would come back uh, Sunday night and they would be at the job on Monday morning or perhaps they would leave very, very early Monday morning and be on the job a little bit later Monday morning. So this is where my grandmother spent the summer. And she noticed that... There was some um, some Fridays that the husbands did not come up to the bungalow colony. So she asked one of her friends, why aren't the husbands coming up for uh, Shabbos this week? Where are they? Every single Shabbos that I've been here, the husbands come up Friday afternoon, a couple hours before Shabbos. They spend Shabbos here on Sunday. Where Where are they? So her friend explained, well, you see, it's Shabbos Mavarchim. That means it's the last Shabbos in the month. And therefore, 
there's a custom uh, that we bless the new month from this Shabbos, the last Shabbos of the month. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe always makes a Fabrangan, makes a public get-together, a gathering, and he speaks at that gathering, typically three, four, five, six hours. And it's a very, very important occasion. And there's tremendous amount of learning uh, directly from the Rebbe and singing, and it's very enjoyable, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful event. Very close, spending time with the Rebbe and hearing talks and explanations and so forth. Nothing like it. And therefore, all of the men, all the Chabad men, uh, that were at the bungalow colonies, they would stay there uh, for such a Shabbos. And um, they would stay in order to be able to be in shul in 770 when the Rebbe made the Fabrangan and made the get-together. And then they could learn from the Rebbe that would speak hours and hours and explain different things in Torah. And there was singing and making the Chaim and the Rebbe would be giving brachas. And it was a very, very special time. And that's why they wouldn't be there. But to bring the entire family to New York for the Fabrangan, that usually wasn't done. It was, but it was a big, big project to do that, to pile uh, all the children and, the, uh, of course, the wife into the car and the food and everything. And usually the families didn't do that. Fine. So there was one such Shabbos, Shabbos Mavarachim, and another one. And all of a sudden came one Shabbos in which... All of the husbands came up from the city to the bungalow colony to spend Shabbos, except for one. And so my grandmother asked the wife of this person, where's your husband? Why didn't he come? This is not Shabbos Mubarakim. All the other husbands are here. Why isn't he, why isn't he here also? So the woman told my grandmother, well, that's because there was a rumor that there might be a Febreng in this Shabbos. And since there might be a Febreng in this Shabbos, my husband, who's very, very connected strongly to the Rebbe very, very much, he wanted to stay there. And of course, I gave my permission and blessing, of course, go ahead, stay, and maybe there'll be a Febreng. Oh, Okay. That's why he stayed, because maybe there's going to be a Febrang, and therefore he stayed there for Shabbos. Anyway, after Shabbos, sure enough, the phone call was made, and it turned out that there was a Febrang in that Shabbos. So everybody was very excited. All the men in the bungalow colony were very excited. Oh, there was a Febrang, and we wonder what did the Rebbe talk about? And our friend, uh, you know, he really cashed in. He stayed for Shabbos, and sure enough, there was a Febrangan. A few hours later, they all wait up for him, of course, and a few hours later, he shows up, and here he is, and they're so happy for him. They're all singing and dancing. They take him up on their shoulders, and they're dancing around with him. They're so happy for him that he made this right choice 
and he was in the York for the Febrang and in the Ebbe Febrang, and uh, he was singing and dancing, and then they sat down, they made a Febrang, and this Chassid who was there at the Febrang, he gave over as much as he could remember of what the Rebbe said, and it was a tremendous, tremendous celebration. Well, when my grandmother saw that, she said, wow, this kind of dedication to the Rebbe, that even if there's a rumor that there might be a Febrangen, that this husband stays and his wife approves and gives permission and blesses him and everything. And sure enough, then there was a Febrangen. And look how happy all the Chassidim are for their friend. They're not jealous that he saw the Febrangen and heard it and they didn't. They're just so happy for him. It's such obvious Israel. It's such love of their fellow Jew. They're so happy for him. They're, they're thrilled and he's, they're dancing with him on their shoulders and everything, celebrating. She said, that's it. At that point, she knew that she was going to become a Chabadnik. Why? Because of two points. Number one, this kind of dedication to the Rebbe, this love that the Chassidim have for the Rebbe. And of course, the Rebbe has even more love for the Chassidim. And number two, the love that the Chassidim have for each other. And this is really how the Al-Tarebbe envisioned it. The first Chabad Rebbe envisioned that Chassidim should be like one family, according to the Taita. And also, in another place where uh, this topic is talked about, It's mentioned that Hasidus changed something. That before Hasidus, before the Baal Shem Tov, the Rosh Hashiva was alone and the Talmudim were alone. There's a big gap, typically, between the Rosh Hashiva and the Talmudim. But the spirit of Hasidus, which has now penetrated every place, is the connection between the Rebbe and the Hasidim. And actually, it's also made of big big impression on Rosh Hashiva's being closer with her Talmidim. And that is how it should be. That the leader of the Jewish people should be very close with the Jewish people. Two-way street. We should have love for our leader, our Rebbe, whether it's Moshe Rabbeinu or David Melech, or the Baal Shem Tov or the Alter Rebbe or the Rebbe. And he should, he has that kind of love for us even more so, actually. And besides that, we should have love for each other. We Chassidim, we, or we Jews in general, that all Jews should really be like one family with, with, according to the Taita. And this type of behavior of really recognizing this relationship that we should have with our leader, and the love that we should have between each other, this is going to bring Mashiach so much quicker. And therefore, when we work on our Avis Israel one for another, when we work on our relationship with the Rebbe, work on our closeness, our love for the Rebbe, and, and focus on the love that the Rebbe has for us, that a shepherd never leaves his flock, so this also will bring us so much closer, so much quicker to Mashiach and to Geula. May it happen immediately, and may all of us 
work to increase in learning Taita and doing mitzvahs to bring the redemption as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.